Well, this week I had a great opportunity to interview a wonderful guy, a guy by the name of Cody Hall, who's the founder of Octiva Healthcare. Now, Cody has a diverse background in military technology and healthcare, making him capable of leading organizations and teams effectively. The title of the episode is Discover Who You Are Beyond the Title. And of course, Cody was talking about hiding behind titles and people's identity and things like that, where we as as leaders, as individuals, are more than just the title. And then he also talked about how he walked away as the CEO of Octiva Healthcare and what he's doing now. And then, of course, uh, he also talked about leaders shouldn't stand by and what they should lead things forward. And so it's worthwhile having checking out this wonderful interview I did, uh, listeners. So sit back and enjoy the interview. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, listeners, I'm here with Cody Hall, a uh, wonderful guest to have with uh, on the Leadership is Changing podcast. Cody, a massive welcome to you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Now, whereabouts in the world are you today? I'm in lovely Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Isn't that where you normally live or you live somewhere else? So Vegas is my U.S. home, but 75% of the time I'm in uh, southern Mexico next to Guadalajara. Right. Okay, cool. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you was about your background. So tell us a little bit more about you and about your background. Yeah, well, I started my careers off in the military, right out of high school, um, where I was able to serve with the Marine Corps Special Operations. When I left my military time, I, I got lucky break, started with Apple, worked with Apple for many years, from Apple to Amazon, uh, from Amazon, uh, I started dual wielding my days because I had so much free time. And so I worked at Amazon during the nights and then I'd work at a startup during the day. And then I abandoned Amazon to go work for startups in Santa Monica and LA, uh, where I had opportunity to work with pharmaceutical startups and tech startups, found my way into healthcare proper, air quotes. And so that was my last venture. I uh, worked at a chronic healthcare organization that focused on the elderly. And then I started a telehealth organization, which I recently stepped away from full time to let a, a new CEO run it. And then on a sabbatical, also in air quotes. <laughs> so, so you've left, you've actually transitioned from being a CEO for a healthcare organization, Proctiva, and you've gone now to go and do more of your own thing. Is that correct? Correct. I operate my own investment. Yeah, cool. I want to ask you a question around that because, well, I, I work with a lot of execs and they look at, with what they're going to do next in their actual careers and their, and their career paths, and there's different areas they can take. For some of them, they're wanting to leave the large corporates or a, a corporate role and then go out and do something into a startup, or they might want to go and do their own thing, uh, whether it be a business or go out uh, contracting. But in other areas, as well as what I call a portfolio, they might want to go and do some investment into some uh, organizations. They might do a small amount of consulting, two or three directorships. But they sort of have a more of a different lifestyle because they may not work, you know, five days a week. It's a little bit less. What 
for you now transitioning from, say, that CEO role to go and doing your own investment business and so forth, what has that transition been like for you? Well, at first, it kind of felt like I was doing something wrong or playing hooky on mm. work. Even though I was very busy from day one, I've always been an investor, but not as my primary uh, means of entertainment. <laughs> and so I felt weird at first because it wasn't the structure. I had this whole team of directors and executives waiting for me in these meetings. Um, so it, it was odd. Uh, I felt misplaced. But now my, my day starts when I usually want to start. I focus on my, my different part of my brain. So I'm learning music and language. I'm more analytical in mathematics. And so that's how my brain functions in a very organized way. But I'm trying to learn an additional language, trying to be fluent in uh, Spanish, as well as uh, learn and play the guitar. And so when I'm not doing that, I do my investments. Yeah, very good. And um, so also I wonder what it's like for some people, because some people want to go and do this, but it's holding them back or they're holding themselves, maybe fear and other things, the unknown. What would, what would be your advice or what would be one or two things you might say to them about if they are thinking about transitioning to go and do something else, what, what they should put in place or what they should be thinking about before they go and do it? You know, security is important for everyone. As a person with a family, you know, understanding uh, what you can afford to do is always one of the biggest hurdles. But for me, it was more so I was, I realized one day that I was running on a treadmill chasing a carrot. And the, the, the life that I was seeking to have was standing next to the treadmill watching me. And once I realized that, I, oh, wait, I don't have to work. Uh, I've, I've been smart enough to, and made good enough decisions, made more good decisions than bad decisions at this point. And so I don't really need to show up every day and, and run a company. So that, at that point in time, I realized it was time to do something different, something more for myself and more for my family. Yeah, sometimes I think it's actually sitting there right in front of us, right? Like you said, it was just sitting mm-hmm. on the side of the treadmill, the life that's probably looking there, probably had its arms folded, shaking its head at you, going, come on, man, <laughs> get off that treadmill, let's get on with it, right? So, um, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. Now, what got you into leadership or how did you get into leadership? Ooh, I just kind of fell into it. Uh, so I've always had an issue standing off at the side and watching things be done certain ways when I know they can be done a certain way or watching things lack leadership. And so when I first joined the, the military at 17, I was thrusted into a leadership role in charge of 63 people. Uh, and I had, I had been there for a couple of days, a couple of nights and slept any of it. And then they're like, oh, this guy's running things. And so put me in charge of platoon and then I was in charge of uh, my entire basic. I was in charge of 63 folks. And then from there, I found myself in follow-on schools where I fell into leadership roles. And I just, it's always been that way. And I, I think it's more so where I have an idea of the way things should be done. And so I, and I have the gumpture to, to say something about it and do something about it. So I just put myself in those positions. Yeah. And do you have high expectations uh, of yourself and others? When you've had that idea of, I know how things should be run? Yes. And so I have, um, no one expects more out of me than myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and that, and that's his own uh, set of issues. <laughs> and I, I think that, yes, I have high expectations, but I also, uh, which plays a problem when you're not the person in charge. Um, and, and I have been a leadership challenge in my, my days. Uh, however, I, 
I learned once from a, a guy, Ray Jarvis from Apple, one of my leaders there, where he said, sometimes realizing when you're not the person with the answers is the most complex question. And so learning that in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm not the person who's going to lead this or going to answer these questions or these concerns or these, these voids. That's difficult to, and for someone with my mentality. Hmm. And then the next question is, who should be the person running this now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, yeah. And um, tell me, this, this person could be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? Oof. I think there's a lot of people that really come into, I, I don't think one person. Sure. Uh, my son, his middle name is going to be Theodore uh, from Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, so I'm a very big uh, fan of Theodore Roosevelt. And, you know, I, I, one of his, my favorite quotes by him is success uh, is the, what is it? The success is the positive mindset we keep between failures. And so, you know, I'm a big Teddy Roosevelt fan, but also in the, in the charisma side, I'm an Obama fan. Uh, I'm a big Ronald Reagan fan. And so it goes back into the ancient time. So I picked from the different characteristics. I don't think there's one perfect leader, but there's a lot of good examples. And is there one common theme possibly through all of those three different names that you've just mentioned? And there's probably others as well. Is there a common theme that you sort of admire about them? Yeah, I think it comes down to more so how they behave and 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 some of the most difficult situations. You look at Theodore, you look at Obama, uh, and you look at folks like Ronald Reagan. Uh, during their presidencies, they had very tough times, trying times, recessions, war, and the way that they kind of bear that burden and still maintain themselves as a calm leader, but also being human at the same time. It's, it's admirable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good. Now, if you were to have a coffee, in other words, you and Theodore Roosevelt are sitting on a bench, a park bench somewhere, having a coffee or whatever you want to drink, would there be a question? What would be the one question you want to ask him? You know, that, that would be really difficult. I would have lots of questions, but if I, I sat there and I asked, Theodore, what would be the thing that encouraged him in his darkest hours? So what's that one thing you look to when you fell beyond the period in which you thought you were going to fail, failed at things you succeed, you normally succeed at, or just the dark moments? What gave you the strength with the internal, external to step back up, brush off your shoulders and go out and begin? Because mm. we all fail. We all fail, but it's like, what makes us say, I'm going to endure this opportunity for failure one more time and get up and do it again and fall down. So that'd be an interesting understanding and mindset. Yeah, I think that's what John Wayne talks about, right? The courage is getting off, the, falling off the horse, getting back on the saddle and doing it, feeling the fear yeah. and just doing it anyhow, right? Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, it's pretty cool. That, that would be great to just see the two of you having that coffee and listening to that answer. That'd yeah. be pretty, pretty yeah. cool to, to have done. Yeah, okay. So let's, let's talk about things here in the sense that the title here of the show is called Leadership is Changing. When I mention that title or that, uh, that statement, what does that mean for Cody? I first think of leadership is always changing. Mm. And so it changes per situation, per person, per generation that you're leading. So whether it's millennials, X, and I think that leadership, it represents the fluidity of it all. Uh, and just how we have to be the right shape and the right density at the right time. Yeah. And um, when you say the fluidity of the changing all the time, I, I use a different word. I talk about the glue, but I think being fluid is actually quite a nice way of putting it as well. 
when you think about that, what are some things that leaders should be thinking about when they're trying to be fluid or they're trying to, to have that glue and be the thing to bring it all together? What are some things that they should be thinking about? Well, I think it's understanding your environment. As leaders, we should definitely assess our people, our tasks, our mission. And I think a lot of those things are going to influence our demeanor, our approach. It's easy to be patient and calm when you have a year and a lot of funding, years and funding to do things. And when you have not a lot of funding, not a lot of time, it's really easy to be snappy, demanding, pressing, uh, and forget that the people who are accomplishing the things for you, the people who are breaking their back are also people with emotions, challenges, families, lives. And so I think it's as a leader, as a company leader, as a small unit leader, uh, we have to assess our environment, our mission. I think that listeners, if you, I think what I'm hearing Cody say is, what kind of leader do you want to be? And I was just writing this note down, actually, Cody. What kind of leader do you want to be when your back is up against the wall? Because it's easy when you've got things going, but it's what type of leader you want to be. We, uh, in the military, uh, had a, a captain who was in the uh, Battle of Fallujah in Iraq, and he was saying that we always, we, we realize what we're made of when the lead to air density increases. And so, and I, and I say this in, in every moment, uh, and my, my spouse has seen me through, you know, I've, I've made a lot of money and I've done a lot of great things. And I've also lost a lot of money and done a lot of bad things. I've had a lot of my own failures and I've been on my own bottom of the oceans. And in those moments, I've always been, I'll figure it out. We're going to do this. I'm calm. I'm not blaming people. And I think that it's always interesting to see people when their backs against the wall, what they're made of, what is the merit of their character? And that's when you're going you're gonna to find out who that person really is. Wow. Merit of your character. I love that. I think it's so true. It plays a big part of who we are. But you're right. I mean, there's there's failures and there's the successes as well, but that's where we grow. And that's yeah. where our character is developed as well and, and, and grows as well. But yeah, it's it's an interesting way to look at it for sure. Yeah. Now, Cody, what I'm finding here in life is that things are getting faster, whether it be technology, <laughs> data, business, social, investment, uh, all of that kind of stuff, right, is actually getting very faster and faster. A leader in today's world, what do they need to do to be successful in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? Well, you have to be diversified and not not just saying in your investments, but in you as a person. Uh, what is your capabilities? What is your preparation? And I know I ask myself, uh, and I've joked about it many times, like, oh, I've made it this far. The only reason I ever got a bachelor's degree is because society said I needed one. And now I look, uh, I'm going to start my master's in accounting next year. Not because I want to be anything to do with an accountant, but I want to add that to my tool belt. I want to learn. I know Spanish, but I want to be fluent in Spanish. Why? Maybe one day I'll be running an entire company whose primary language is Spanish. And I think as leaders, as we look out in our runway, the faster we move, the faster society moves, the faster we move as people, the further out our decision-making needs to be. And so when I look at what I'm doing today, I'm asking myself what the environment of fall 2023 is going to look like. Uh, and that's where I'm making my decisions and my investments and everything. I'm not looking at like what I'm going to do right now and this pending recession is going to happen. In my mind, the recessions happen. What am I doing to make my my ex, my money off and my future off, what's already taken place in the, the near future for me. Hmm. So, hmm. 
Okay, sort of what I'm hearing here is uh, is that you're preempting and having that vision, preempting the future, preparing yourself, whether it be investing in yourself around things like a master's or learning Spanish. But you are you actually said some key words before. It's about diversification is one thing, and it's about whether it's not just about investments; it's about you as a person and your capabilities and your preparation. That key word, preparation, and that's what you're doing is you're preparing. I think a lot of leaders need to prepare more. I think too many of them are what I call shoot from the hip and just give it a go and see what happens. And they use this word a lot. And I go, leaders do not use this word and should not use this word Call try. I might try and do my best. I might try and do this. And I don't think it should be there in their language. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, a long time ago, a leader said to me, if you are trying, you've already failed. Yeah, um, exactly. That, that's that's my mentality. I I never approach anything with the idea of failing. Now I I calculate for failure, so I don't go into something saying I'm going to succeed. And that's period. I calculate for failure uh, and I prepare for it. However, I don't go in expecting to fail. But it's always it's it's a calculation. It's it's in everything we do. Yeah. Well, I think it's also about organizations and individuals taking risk. There's risk, but then there's a calculated risk or a, you know, um, you've gone through all the different areas as well and to making sure that you're okay. Uh, And if it does go belly up, then you know what possibilities are, but also you probably have exit strategies or other strategies you might put in place to move forward. Correct. Yeah, yeah, cool. Very good. So the other thing I wanted to ask you about what you've actually just said too is when you said before when things are going, haven't gone well for you in that or have gone well, you've you're all figured out. You, you, um, in other words, you know what you're doing and you understand where you're going. That probably comes back to what you just shared, right? About you knowing and preparing for things. Would that would that be true? Yeah. You know, I I jokingly say this that I try <laughs> to stay three steps ahead of everyone, but but always behind the ball. And so, <laughs> and, and the mentality is, is I suffer from a, a type of PTSD which causes high functioning anxiety. So my brain is in many ways always functioning through if this and that, if this and that scenarios. Uh, and so I always am thinking, well, what's the end of the year going to look like if I have everything go well, everything go wrong, everything in between. So I see these scenarios in my head and I'm already thinking them through. So when they happen, I'm like, well, this was on the table. And so now what did I think I was going to do when this was on the table? This is what I'm going to do. And so, and I think that's, what many leaders need to do. I think oftentimes, like you said, they were surprised and she from hip and they have this like deer in the headlight looks like, oh man, this is happening. This is not what I want, what I was expecting. And the thing is, is teams can see that. People can see that. It, it's more so like, okay, this was a possibility. Take out file number two, open it up. And then now we, now we take action. Yeah. In other words, wake up. I mean, if you're a deer in the headlights <laughs> of a car, you're going to get hit. And so you need to wake up and be prepared to be able to move and go wherever you need to go. And I think that's the ability about the agility side of things or being adaptable and being able to move quickly in relation to it. Um, So, yeah, very good. I like what you said as well about I'm preparing for failure in the sense that I, well, it's more about I know what to do if something else happens, a different scenario. And that's that's where you're coming from in that space. Well, you know, it it reminds me, and and there's so many great drawbacks to the military during this, this leadership podcast. And one of the things I tell you all the time, well, I don't plan on getting shot, but I'm still going to put my plates in my vest. And so 
it's not on the docket. It's not what I desire to happen. However, if this, then that, I, I expected this. Therefore, I'm ready. And so you have to have those in your, your back pocket. Mm-hmm. And you talked about your tall, tall belt, the thing. You said the tall belt, and this is what you're doing, the master's, the Spanish. Mm-hmm. It's just putting things, what I call in the toolkit, um, mm-hmm. and getting ready for it. And so, listeners, if you're somebody who's wanting to move forward in your career and where you're wanting to go and do different things, you might want to start doing things now and start thinking about where you want to be in two years' time. In fact, where you want to be in five years' time, because the next one or two jobs, it's not just the next one, it's the one after that. And I, and I think, Cody, that a lot of people I work with, they don't think about, they just go, oh, what's my next job? And I go, what's that got to do with it? They go, what do you mean? Where do you want to be in five years in your life? Because the job, the business, the investment, it's just the vehicle that's going to help you get there. You know, I, tell, I told my daughter this the other day, and I said, we do today what others do not want to do so that tomorrow we can do what they can't. And and it was the same thing when I when I left Tira and the the chair of the board, like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, you know, I think I'm going to get a, a master's in accounting. He's like, well, that's not accounting. It's not really what I would put you at. And I'm like, I know that's why I'm going to do it. And so I'm going to do it not because it's easy, but because it's hard. <laughs> and isn't it interesting how, and I don't know what the chairman's like, person was like, but a lot <laughs> of people can't handle or when someone goes and does something different out of the status quo. Yeah. Yep. They have this expectations that you go from CEO, then probably onto a, onto a board or a chair and things like that, plus other things. But if you're going to do something different, hmm, what's going on here? There's something must be wrong with them. You know, I think it's, it's interesting to find my, I joke that I'm a stay-at-home yoga dad because I am a stay-at-home yoga dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that that's, it is confusing for people just to see like, okay, so you went from starting a company and the founder of CEO to leaving it. Were you going to do another company? Well, probably. But not right now. And it's like, it's discovering who you are when your title doesn't explain it all. Mm. And I think that is like, we, when you're saying, who, who is Cody, right? Uh, is Cody a dad? Is Cody a yoga master, which I'm not? Uh, but it's this idea of figuring out who we are beyond what our job is, what we do for a living. And I ask my daughter all the time, like, not what do you want to do when you grow up, but what are you passionate about? Uh, what's going to make Zoe, Zoe when she's older? Not do you want to be a doctor or do you want to be an entrepreneur? What do you, what do you want to achieve in your own passion? Mm-hmm. So can you say that again to us? If you remember, discover who you are when? Beyond, beyond the title? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Discover who you are beyond the title. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that. I think... Um, I think the other thing here is that a lot of people, their identity is around that title. They go to a barbecue, they go to somewhere. What do you do? Well, who, you know, who are you? Oh, my name's Cody. What do you do? Oh, I'm a CEO. Really? It, and that does everything for you. You know, they're like, oh, well, this is a guy who started a company, takes himself serious. It answers so many questions for that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. But then it doesn't give all the other, the rest of the picture. It, it gives a small part of the picture. Yeah, and I think it's important for us. Okay, cool. Very good. You and I have been talking about leadership and leaders. Uh, if we change lens now and we start thinking from the perspective of an employee, how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? Well, it, I think it's spurs of, from one, what employees expect from companies. And so, therefore, what the companies are expecting from the leaders and kind of that duality. And I think it's, it's more of this recognition that there's a human side to all of this. 
And I think that for, you know, we look at 90s leadership, early 2000s, this transition into millennials hitting the workforce and, and drove and now, and now Aziz and Axis. And we see these people who want to be more than just a person pushing paper or a person doing a task and then being forgotten. Uh, they want to become something beyond the job description. And so they want to have an impact on the company, an impact on someone, something. And they expect that guidance, that development from their leaders. Mm. And so, and there's a lot of leaders who are not prepared to do that. So I think that that creates a lot of the, I was just talking to someone about this today. You know, we have the world has record unemployment numbers, job creation everywhere going on. And they're like, oh my goodness, why aren't people wanting to work? There's a People don't want to work as hard as they used to anymore. No, it's because that 20-year-old kid realized that he could buy, he could uh, mine Bitcoin from his closet and make $5,000 a month, but he's not going to work as a barber or, or shoveling, you know, asphalt. He's going to play video games or, or start a podcast or be a streamer. And because he doesn't have to worry about paying your grade anymore, because there's another way of approaching it. And, he, and it wasn't available to that person. So therefore they became the leader that they wanted to be and, and did their own development. That's yes. what's happening. It's really interesting. Um, I've just watched my dad, who's just turned 80 uh, at the beginning of the year, just retire five weeks ago. And he retired at the age of 80 because he was in coffee roasting and coffee business for 63 years. But he's gone and he's retired. But, you know, he he could see the business change a lot over the years, right? And these young guys, mm -hmm. well, what are they doing? And they're not really working. Well, it's different from when it was in the past. And you know, I, 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 I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, there is... People who are doing the Bitcoin are doing other things and that, and they're doing very well in life. And people say, oh, but they're not working. Well, actually, they're working probably smarter than some of us are working right now. They're working different. It's, it's still work. It's just different uh, than a nine-to-five job. Well, and I think that one of the, and we, we're drawing it back to leaving a, a CEO role and then finding out, like, how do you define yourself and what success is? And most people, when they leave roles, like, okay, what's next? Where, what's that next step on that ladder? Uh, mine was the opposite. I asked myself, well, what do I need? What, what does my life need on a month to month basis to, to not dive into my savings? Cause I hate using my savings and I never touch a, never touch a principle on my investments. And so not to touch anything that I've accumulated, but also not do anything. What do I need? And that's what I asked myself. And it's very little. I'm, I'm a minimalist across the board. I, I don't like a lot of things. I do like cars, but other than that, I'm, everything else is I got one pair of shoes and I got a set of gym clothes and like, that's what I have. Uh, and I realized that me and my family, we don't need a whole line. So I don't have to really try that hard, which is not my nature because I'm a very try hard person. Uh, but I'm going down a different path and experiencing a different reality. And I think that it wasn't participating in what's next, what's next, what's next. Well, I think a lot of people have clutter in their life, whether it be stuff at home, you know, things uh, that they've purchased and things like that. And then, then there's also clutter in their life about baggage from the past. Then there's this clutter or slash noise that we're hearing in the, in the marketplace today and everything that's going on. If we can sort of shut that out and focus on that question you've just asked or you've asked yourself, what do I need in my life? Yeah, I think that's that's a good way of getting that clarity around it. Some people may not want the answer that they're coming up with or <laughs> like the answer that they come up with. But, you know, I think it's a very good question here, listeners, that we should ask ourselves about what you need in life and what, what do you want to do? But what, what do I need? 
I think is really important and keeping it nice and simple. Mm. Much so. Yeah. All righty. Um, if I can get you to get your crystal ball out now and start thinking about the future here, Cody, where do you see leadership being in five years? Leadership in five years is going to need to be quicker than it was before, more flexible than it is right now. Uh, because in five years, the folks who were in high school during the pandemic are now going to have been graduated from college. And these are folks that saw the world kind of come to a halt and reinvent itself in so many ways. And so the way they're going into university, the way they're going into their tradesmanships is going to be different than when I went and when you went. And now those folks are going to now be going into what what we call entry-level jobs. And they're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, why does this have to be entry-level? We're going we're gonna to question all these status quo because the reality is, is all the change that took place in the world, it went right back to where it wanted it to be because mm-hmm. it was a comfortable place for the economy. And the economy is realizing that that's not where it wants to be anymore. And so we're going to go through a storming phase and the next couple of years, a world recession of sorts, trying to figure out, well, what does that economy look like? Is it Web3? Uh, is it the world running off the gold standard of Bitcoin? Like, what does that world look like? And leaders are going to have to realize that the people that is starting their job after college who coming in and making $65,000 a year may also be a Web3 developer in their own time, may also be a crypto enthusiast, may also be in NFTs. You just don't know where these kids, right? I say that respectfully. Uh, These kids are going to be in five years and those are the people we're going to be leading who aren't going to say, you know what? I don't have to keep this job. So you tell me why I should be here. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. So that's uh, that's comments from from Cody and I, the two wiser guys. Um, so <laughs> so it's all good. But um, yeah, I mean, look, that, that is changing, and we will see that that change happen for a lot for for people. And it's also about how leaders then cope with it, how leaders actually handle it, and what they do with it going forward. Yeah. And if they handle it well, and then they'll see the best come out of people. If they don't, then we'll start to see people vote with their feet. They'll go and do other things, and that's what mm-hmm. we've seen. And yeah. And Cody, I don't know about you, but I think, you know, with this great resignation, we're calling it out there that you mentioned early on, you know, what's that all about? Why why are people moving? Why are they resigning? What do you think it is? What's causing it? Well, it, and I, I think it's like I just said, people want more than just a salary. Hmm. And, and, it's, and then sure, we would talk about total compensation packages, benefits and things like that. That's not enough either. Right? They need to know that where they, what is the company doing? What are they doing to to one, give their life flexibility. You know, I told this to my wife as, you know, she left her job recently and she's like, oh, I have to get back in there. I'm like, what are you going to go do? Work a director job for nine to five somewhere? Uh, and and then I'm also, I'm going to be this very fluid person in my schedule. You know, it's not going to mash. And I think that we're seeing this as I'm, as I'm experiencing it, people wanting more flexibility, more assortments of satisfaction from work other than just a salary. And the workforce hasn't figured that out yet. The employers, the leaders haven't figured that out yet because they are they're applying what they believe to be new tactics with, the, with an old twist. Now we went from super remote to hybrid. That's going to be the new world we're going to live in. Flex space and 
uh, and they're thinking, oh, we're going to give them flexibility. But I don't think they really know what flexibility means. I don't think they understand what the uh, understanding the convictions of an organization, of a leader and what's going to cost someone to work for them. And I think that one thing that I've I've told value in, in all the organizations I've led and people I've led is um, I have a lot of great relationships with people who've worked for me in previous organizations. You know, I've made a lot of uh, enemies and some of my peers and things because I'm not always the most popular person, in my opinion, but the people I work for always tend to stay with me after I leave organizations. And to me, th- that's that's my marks of success. It's my trophies. And, and, and that's what we're gonna have to look for when people grow. If they're not just gonna walk with their feet anymore, uh, they're gonna change the landscape of what people need. Yeah, fascinating. Awesome stuff. Cody, hey, thank you for joining me on to today's show. Hey, if our listeners are wanting to get a hold of you, where can they go? You can go to LinkedIn at forward slash C-O-D-H-A-L. That's where I'm at. Uh, right now, I'm operating my own investment fund. And like I said, being a stay-at-home yoga dad. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well done. Alrighty. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us on this wonderful episode with Cody Hall and myself on the Leadership is Changing podcast. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 